Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban. You ready for Game 1 of the 2011 Finals flashback, Isaac Harris? Game 1 is here. It's so much fun to talk about it now compared to if I was talking about it before <laughs> Game 1 because I was so freaking nervous. But now we know the outcome, so it's a lot more fun to talk about it. Do you remember what you were doing before the game started? I remember just sitting in my living room and I remember just sitting in like a certain, a certain chair in my like room or no, it's living room. I was living by myself. I had my own apartment at that time. It was my first apartment by myself. My first apartment by myself. (laughs) I remember sitting there and I'm like, I had nobody over and I was just like freaking out, just wanting it to be like, I was wanting to enjoy the game, but I was wanting it to be over and I knew like they would win. So I was so nervous. I was like a little girl. (laughs) So this was game one. Obviously, the series was, you know, nobody had won any games yet. They're playing in Miami at American Airlines Center. Yep. They hit both American Airlines Center. So uh, we're going to be recapping the beginning. We're going to be recapping game one. And then we are joined on the pod by Deshaun Stevenson. I'm so excited to bring him on. It was great talking to him. Good stuff. Also about the big three. Uh, so we talk a little bit about that, and then we talk a lot about the 2011 finals. So stick around for that. The starters in this game, the Dallas Mavericks threw out the lineup, the lineup of all lineups. Jason Kidd, Deshaun Stevenson, who is g- joining us on the pod later, Sean Marion, Dirk Nowitzki, and Tyson Chandler. That's the lineup right there. Bala. Those are the guys talking. Tyson Chandler and Deshaun Stevenson bringing the defense, bringing the tenacity. Then the Maverick, the uh, Miami Heat started LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. Okay, we know that. The not one, not two, not three. Then they started Mike Bibby and Joel Anthony. <laughs> Just looking back at that, to me, we talked about this yesterday on the finals preview, but looking at those two guys, this, have there been any more like worse players to start in a finals than those two guys. I mean, Mike Bibby, Mike Bibby was really good, but not at this point in his career. He was really good when he played for Sacramento, but Joel Anthony, he played Mike Bibby played his role well, but Joel Anthony, I've never understood him. Like I would almost start Juwan Howard over him. Actually, I mean, they should have they should have I mean, done what they all... they should have done what they did, you know, the next yeah. 2 years and start Bosh yeah. at 5 and and LeBron at 4, but they didn't figure that out until year after and maybe that was a LeBron thing he didn't want to but yeah I mean since LeBron's you know the goat you know LeBron could just play every position I mean come on I mean everybody talks about everybody talks about how like versatile LeBron is oh he can guard one through five it's so full of crap he can't guard one through five card carrying LeBron hater right here just for full disclosure LeBron LeBron has the biggest hater here in 
in Isaac Harris. He's great. He's great. But I am less of a LeBron hater. LeBron could start every position. And at no, least at least he play at least not. play a game. At least play a game. Not a whole season, obviously. You could say that about a lot of people though. There was a would you rather on Reddit the other day that said, Would you rather have Bismack Biombo be your full time point guard or Tyler Eulis be your full time center? That <laughs> that is reason number eighty seven why I don't like Reddit. I have way more stressful things to do with in my life than figuring out holy crap, Biombo, can he play point guard? So they started this game out, and immediately the defensive matchups were a little interesting to me. You had uh, Tyson Chandler was guarding Chris Bosh, which, you know, kind of that kind of makes sense. But you had Deshaun Stevenson on LeBron and Sean Marion on Wade, which sort of seemed like a flip because Deshaun Stevenson was, you know, a little bit smaller than Sean Marion. You'd think that Sean Marion would be matched up with LeBron, but the LeBron stopper. I actually asked Deshaun Stevenson about guarding LeBron later in the pod, and uh, <laughs> Deshaun Stevenson loved guarding LeBron. <laughs> Yes, he did. He loved that's it a why lot. we all loved him. He loved it a lot. But I thought that was interesting. That's how they started out, and I think they just wanted to set the tone with you know Deshaun on LeBron. They needed that tenacity. They needed the yep. just the the bulldog of Deshaun. He didn't care. He didn't care to yap his mouth. Hey, he didn't you know care what? to get in his He grill. still doesn't care. <laughs> I love it. Still that's doesn't. I love him. He's one of my favorite Mavericks ever. And that's yeah. I mean, and that's the difference. Was Marion one of the more versatile defenders? Probably, yeah. yeah. But they needed somebody to get in LeBron's grill. And it's funny. I saw this meme the other day and said it had like six players on it. And it said, pick one player to stop LeBron. And it was on Twitter yep. was a few days ago. Yep. And I'm like, they had Deshaun and, and Sean Marion on the list. I'm like, well, first of all, I mean, Leonard, Marion, Deshaun, they've all stopped LeBron in the finals. So, like, <laughs> you're giving me a list of multiple players that have stopped LeBron. Uh, but I'm like, y'all made LeBron seem like a little girl in the finals, like the Marion and Deshaun. So, like, you, you have to start there. Like, all right, we're, we're talking him. about game one here, Isaac. <laughs> yeah, but, like, they defended him better. Rain I mean, they, 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 you know, you have to start with them as far as if you're going to pick somebody to guard LeBron. And uh, Dirk was at his, you know, he was rolling at this point. He had missed, I think, 10 free throws the entire playoffs at this point. (laughs) He had, you know, just, he had 64 free throws in the first round, 61 in the third round. In the the second round, they sweeped, so he didn't have as many. But, uh, man, dude had been getting to the free throw line. He had been very effective. And Mike Breen said at the beginning of the game, Dirk has been unguardable at times in this playoffs. And it was so true. Just... Who was going to guard Dirk the, the entire time going through? Like, LaMarcus Aldridge? No. You know, uh, Pau Gasol? No, not even close. You had a uh, – who – Abaka? No. Yeah. That Oklahoma series, I mean, that was just some insane, insane of a, of, of a Dirk performance. But it's also remember that important to remember that Dallas had been rolling over Miami too. They had beat – not counting the finals five years ago, they had beat the Heat 14 straight times. Leading up to Game One, yeah, you think uh, you think teams don't remember getting beat in the finals? <laughs> they yeah. do, and they hold it. They hold grudges. So yeah, they and so beating the Heat fourteen straight times leading up to Game One, and then it was just there was a lot of nerves. I mean, it's you see that almost with every finals. Yeah, no matter. Oh man, it's the biggest state. I mean, biggest states for everybody. No matter how clutch or vintage you are like the first few minutes of a finals game it's always so hectic it's it's i I actually enjoy it because 
you actually see a human side to these professional players. The end of the first quarter, Dallas 17, Heat 16. Both teams had shot 29% from the floor. <laughs> Just some awful basketball being played. That actually didn't get that much better at the rest throughout the rest of the game. No, it got a little better, though. 29% yeah. is, is dang awful. Oh, but so uh, Jason Kidd had hit back-to-back threes at one point in the game. Uh, the Mavericks subbed in Jet and Peja for Deshaun and Dirk, which I thought was kind of interesting, that rotation trying to bring in some offense, just you know, really trying to get anything going. And as soon as they brought Jet in, Wade posts him up instantly and gets fouled. Um, just some different things that they were trying in this game, really trying to get the, uh, you know, trying to get some scoring going on. And Rick Carlisle did the, the interview with Doris Burke in the uh, in the you know in the timeout, and he just said turnovers, like turnovers. We've got to stop turnovers. They're turning the ball over a lot. Just not you know not getting a ton of, of shots off. And then at the beginning of the second quarter, Chris Bosh ended <laughs> Brendan Haywood's life with this putback dunk. Holy cow. Arms fully extended and just jammed like Shaq style with his knees up and everything just jammed completely on Brendan Haywood. Was I think it was a LeBron miss, right? I don't mean that in any way. I'm just saying. I'm, you hope I'm it was LeBron. Miss. I'm literally trying to because I think LeBron shot like a fadeaway on the side and it kind of bounced off the front of the rim. But it was a nasty. Yeah, it was a nasty putback dunk by Bosch. Once again, Bosch was really good. Yeah, we talked yeah. about it yesterday. He's just super good. And then Berea got some time in this game, and uh, I thought it was really funny. They told a story about JJ Berea, and they Breen, Mike Breen said that he still has trouble getting into arenas. That. <laughs> <laughs> that he has to get you know somebody to to walk him in, or that security won't let him in some arenas because he just doesn't look like an NBA player. <laughs> it might still happen. And uh, where he's at? And Dirk, when he first saw JJ Barea in you know training camp or in practice, he said, "This guy is too little to play in the NBA." <laughs> and I think if JJ Barea was six five, he would have been a you know a two time MVP. Man, but he's, I mean, he's played so well though for his size. I mean, yeah. it's been, it was remarkable. I mean, we saw it back then and he's still, I still think it, when he's healthy, that's the key right now in, in 2017, that he can still play really good off the bench. And I wish he would have stayed. I wish he could have been a Maverick like his whole career, but whatever. Yeah. The, the Minnesota it, days don't really count. Yeah, that's true. Then, uh, then, so the game's kind of going back and forth. Nobody's really pulling away. And then you see the first lineup without Dirk, which is always really tough. They sort of just held their own. But you have Tyson, Marion, Peja, Kidd, and Berea uh, against Bosch, LeBron, Mike Miller, Wade, and Mario Chalmers. And uh, it's just interesting to look at some of these lineups and to think, you know, how they, they panned out. But – Anytime Dirk was not on the floor, it was just tough for the team to score any baskets. Like he just didn't have any go-to guys, especially if he didn't have Jet out there as well. It was yeah. just really hard for this team to get baskets, and so uh, they're shooting thirty-five and thirty-one percent at the end of um, at the end of the second there. Because that's that's the key when you put that many shooters on the floor. You kind of take you have to. Your only creator at that point is JJ Barea and and Kid, kind of. Yeah, kind of. But like as far as somebody who can get into the paint, right? Know, kid, right? At thirty-seven was you know a better version of Dwell last year, basically, and so it's like when you look at that squad without Dirk or Jet on the floor, yeah, I mean it was it was huge, and and 
Sean Marion, you know, Tricks was like a he was very underrated offensively. He was very versatile. He the mo- one of the most versatile players of all time on both ends of the floor. Like yeah. we say it defensively, but on offense too. And he had his flicted shot, but you know, it went in a lot. But it still wasn't something you could depend on. You saw, especially in game one, you couldn't depend on it with Dirk and Jets out of the game. So it just yeah, I mean they, they tried to hang around some, but you just couldn't have Jet and Dirk off the floor at the same time a lot. Another great moment in this first half before before halftime, with a minute 12 left in the game, Jason Kidd alley-ooped Tyson Chandler on Joel Anthony, just all over Joel Anthony, just slammed it on him, fouled him, got some free throws, and then Joel gets pulled from the game. Spolstra pulls Joel Anthony off out of the game. He goes on the bench, and they cut the camera away as, as Tyson's shooting these free throws. They cut back away to Joel Anthony on the bench, and he just looks pissed. He looks so mad. He's sitting there. He's looking straight forward. He's not looking left or right. And next to him, giving him some words of encouragement, some words of affirmation. Take that for data man himself, David Fisdale, with no beard. David Fisdale. No beard David Fisdale giving him some words of, of affirmation there, Joel, or something. He was telling him something, but Joel Anthony was not happy. At halftime, this game was uh, Dallas 44, Miami 43. Dirk had 13 points. Jet had 12. Bosh had 13. LeBron had 10. Uh, and Wade had 7. There was nine lead changes and six ties. So this game was just real back and forth. It was pretty much anybody's game. And then, uh, then Dallas went on a 7-0 run. You know, to start the the second half, went up fifty one to forty three, and uh, it's interesting what Carlisle said in uh, another timeout here. He said, "We don't have a distinct pecking order. We need seven guys to score four points, not one guy to score all of these points." And then Jeff Van Gundy said, "To quote Jim Carrey's Liar Liar, yes they do. Jerk Dirk one, Jet two, everyone else three. <laughs> Thought that was really funny. But the pecking order of this team was interesting." Because, like you said, it was hard for them to have. You had to have one of Dirk or Jet on the floor. But even when Jet was on, it's not like he was calling for the ball all the time. It's not like there was this hierarchy of like Jet needs to get his touches. Yeah, and that that was, you know, you you just saw if like if Dirk left the game, you needed Jet to be that. And when they're on the court together, you kind of had this mega two punch two punch there, and you had Kid with his improved outside shot. You know, on the wing, and Deshaun, you know, obviously could hit the three too, but you know, Dallas scored fifty-one points in their first twenty in the first twenty-six minutes of the game, and after that, that's when it kind of hit the wall <laughs> because they finished. <laughs> that's how, when how it hit the wall. That's when it hit the wall, and they scored. They shot twenty-nine percent in the first quarter. That's just to let you know how how this game went. Uh, so at the end of the game, Dallas scored um, eighty-eight or eighty-nine. 84, 84. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, do your math with that. I mean, that's, what, 33 points? Yeah. So, 26 minutes into the game, they scored 51 points. The rest of the entire game, almost half the game, they only scored 33 points. And that, it just kind of, and and really Miami's athleticism, they just looked almost too fast sometimes. And they kind of really put it together in that third quarter. Then this is the game where we talked about it yesterday in the preview, but uh, the story about Brendan Haywood, where he was supposed to be the starter for Dallas. He signed with Dallas. Two days later, they signed Tyson Chandler, and, Mark, and the, Pat Riley had recruited him to try to go to Miami to play with this team. And he had 
recruited him by going to his house and like traveling there and visiting him. Mark Jackson makes the comment, what is this league coming to? I'm not going to see Brandon Haywood at his house. Come back to me, Pat Riley. He's not worthy. Then, I didn't say it yesterday, but in this game, a minute later, Brendan Haywood has this nice stop at the rim. Like, not a block, but just a real good stop, like rim, like protecting the rim, altering a shot. And then on the other end, just gets obliterated. Just this shot <laughs> that he threw up and, like, just got totally stuffed at the rim. And it was hilarious because they just said he's not worthy. <laughs> and then he gets stuffed <laughs> at the rim. Uh, yeah. Um, also, this is random in this series, but it seemed – Every time a quarter ended at the buzzer, the Heat were throwing up a shot, just somehow. And it, it was the same in this. At the end of the third quarter, LeBron hit a three. It was this left shoulder turnaround fadeaway, and he hit it. And Dallas was up, uh, or Miami was up sixty-five to sixty-one at that point, and uh, the Heat started to pull away in the fourth. Yeah, I think he hit that on Marion too. And yes, I mean no, nothing really changed in the fourth. You know, Miami's. They kind of just rode their athleticism. They played really fast. They got out in transition. You know, Dirk and them could never really come back around to catch up with it. And I remember I you know, saw this quote from Marion. He said after the game, you know, it felt like we were just playing against their names. And he said that, hmm. and they're kind of talking about, you know, as far as, you know, refing a little bit and kind of throwing that out there, how they were calling the game. But I think it just... You know they just played well. I mean, you're being you know point point blank. I mean, this is three three players on Miami's team that were three of the top eight to ten players in in the league at that yeah. point. You know, and at that time, so they put it together. Whether it's their you know first finals together or not, they put it together in that first game, and it was just a sucky game really on both sides. Neither team finished the game shooting above forty percent from the field. So one note having, that, one note that I made in the fourth quarter was. The Mavs could have really used Karan Butler in this game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Karan was was injured. He was out for the season. He only played 30 games for the team that season. Uh, they could have really used him in this game. Uh, to start the fourth, um, they start the Heat started uh, Bosch, Haslam, LeBron, Miller, and Mario Chalmers. So it was sort of they tried to do the Bosch at four, you know, Lebr- yeah. LeBron or Bosch at five lineup. They were like just kind of easing into that. Sort of had Haslam playing five. Sort of had Bosch playing five. And uh, the Mavericks started Haywood, Dirk, Deshaun Stevenson, J.J. Brea, and Jet. <laughs> that lineup just tells me that they're trying to get something going, you know, with with Deshaun playing at three. Yeah, because, I mean, you imagine, I mean, fast forward this same series to today's game. You would have you would have a lineup. You'd definitely have Bosch at the five. Yep. You'd, if he was playing in this era, you'd have LeBron at the four. Haslam would Wait. be gone. Yeah, you'd have Wade probably at the three and then running Chalmers and Miller, you know, or Chalmers, Wade, and Miller probably. You know, if Dallas, and if, if this is fast forward to 2017, you'd be putting Dirk, you know, you'd be putting Dirk at the five yep. with Matrix at the four, moving Deshaun up to the three and yep. then running Kid and Jet in the backcourt. And, but, you know, and taking Tyson out, which you can't imagine that back then. I mean, that's just kind of how this – you know, game has shifted really in today's game. They'd be able to throw them in there every once in a while just because oh, yeah, yeah. they needed to get some boards and stuff. And that was one of the big things about this game. They said it the whole broadcast is that the Miami or the the, the Mavericks are gonna have a hard time getting rebounds in this game, but they ended up finding a way to get it and that's with Dirk being, you know, positionally just really, really good at finding 
you know, the ball when they were on defense, and then Tyson Chandler just being a monster and had you know thirty offensive rebounds in the series ended up being. But and Wade had a huge second half. I mean, Wade ended up having twenty two for the game, but fifteen of them came in the second half, and yeah, he was so you know he was. I don't know, just as good or better than he was in 2006, you know, in those finals. I mean, he was just so – he played – he complimented LeBron, re- you know, really well. But he had a big second half, and they just – I mean, really just simple. They they put it together. <laughs> I was going to laugh about this. I'm not really hating on LeBron that much, but after the game he said, for me, going into the fourth quarter, it's winning time. I'm like, when did that start for yeah. you, bro? That's like, like the uh, the Brian Regan joke. Like this is a must. People say this is a must win game. Brian Regan's like, shouldn't you? Didn't all games you win? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> shouldn't every game be a must win? Right. So uh, then, the transition game really did Miami or did the Mavericks in basically. Uh, yeah. At you know in this game that was just the what this you know Heat team was really really good at and excellent at just getting out in transition, getting loose balls running away with 50 seconds left. Miami's up 10 Wade to LeBron alley-oop jet completely lost him. Marion switched off of Bosch to pick up Wade Wade floater to James game over. That was it. Like just, you know, I mean, they were up 10 with 50 seconds, so there's really no chance of them getting back in the game, but that just kind of put the, you know, the icing on the cake at that point. And the Mavericks, this is their first time trailing in a series, all playoffs. They're down one Oh yeah. And it was huge. Uh, it was huge also because, you know, the series started off in Miami. Uh, the finals format was, a you know, the 2-3-2 two, two back in, you know, old school yeah, days. Yeah, they weren't doing the one, the you know, the 2-2-1-1-1-1. Two, two, one, 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 one. Yeah, so, I mean, it was the it was that the 2-3-2. Two, two, and I had, another, I had another stat here as far as Dallas being on the road. And, oh, here it was. So, in the playoffs for for Dallas, like going to Miami, like it, yeah, it wasn't ideal, you know, that first game. Yeah. But they had went five and one on the road in the playoffs, and so like they were used to playing on the road. They're you know veteran you yep. know field team, so like playing on the road that was their thing. But you know they knew they they knew that one their ability to be you know their their experience in the league. They knew hey, it was just on one end. It was. It's just one game, and you saw Carl Anton. Hey, it's just I know we're not going to shoot that bad next game. I know we're going to play better in game two. But there's also the side too, saying we don't want to go back to Dallas down o two. Yeah, like we can't go back to Dallas down, you know, down o two. And so you had both sides of the coin on that. That you know really came out in post game comments and different stuff. But in that really ultimately set the stage for game, you know, game two. That. You know, Dallas had to do whatever you know, whatever it takes to get their shooting back, shoot better than thirty-seven percent because that's what they finished shooting with, and you know, get back to their uh, their scoring ways with Dirk at the helm. Because Dirk still put twenty, put up twenty-seven in this game. I mean, he still yeah, put twelve up his twelve from the free throw line. You know, still you know, getting to the line like he was doing all playoffs, scoring. You know. He led the game in scoring. Yeah, he led the whole game in scoring. LeBron had 24, Wade had 22. Wade also had 10 boards. <laughs> and uh, Yeah. And so Wade had 10 boards, Bosh had 9 boards, and LeBron had 9 boards. So that's kind of where, you know, if those guys Mar- are – Marion had a double-double. Yeah, but if those three guys are getting rebounds, then, you know, it's kind of game over <laughs> because yeah. they're getting transition buckets that way, you know, grabbing a rebound, going, you know, grabbing it and running, you know, stuff like that. So – 
Uh, Wade did the interview afterwards with Doris Burke. It's interesting because you didn't see LeBron do a uh, an interview at all with the sideline this entire series. Oh. Little preview. Little preview there for you, Isaac. <laughs> Shucks. <laughs> so there you go. That was game one. It was a tough one. <laughs> it was tough to watch. It looked almost impossible at this point for the Mavericks to win. Uh, and it's only one game, though. So you, you play one game, you see what the teams, how they match up, and then you sort of readjust from there. And so we're going to readjust in the next game. We'll be doing game two tomorrow. But for now, we're going to send you over to our interview with Deshaun Stevenson. There was a little audio issue at, towards the end. There's just a little clicking in the background uh, towards the end of the interview. So I apologize for that. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details that but Deshaun was awesome it was great to have him on shout out to the big three shout out to everybody there shout out to the the PR staff that was able to make this happen so thanks so much for listening to us here and enjoy Deshaun Stevenson all right here now welcome Deshaun Stevenson the man the myth the legend on locked on Mavericks it is so good to have you Deshaun yeah I appreciate it all right first of all I have to ask you this the people want to know Deshaun all these years later, how does your dirk taste? Oh, I always get that question. It feels good, man. I want to chip with that. So my dirk tastes good. <laughs> All right. So, so you're uh, you're playing in the big three right now. You just rolled through Dallas a couple weeks ago, uh, and now you're yeah. heading into the playoffs. You're going to face uh, Gary Payton's team with Rashard Lewis. Uh, how do you guys feel going yeah. to the playoffs? We feel good, man. We um Got a little bad streak, uh, losing three games. But, you know, we've been a team that's been high, been winning. So to play a team with Rashad Lewis, Gary Payton, it's going to be a, a a fun, exciting game. And then if you win this game, you go to the championship game, right? Yeah, championship game in Vegas. Yep, that's where we want to be. All right. That's definitely the place you want to be. Is there more or less trash talk in the big three than you expected? Um, I think it's both. I think it's both. I think it's – it goes on uh, the, 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 the the players and the personnel. I really don't hear it that much, but, you know, certain people hear a lot of trash talk. Well, yeah, I mean, you probably intimidate people. They're like, man, I can't, I can't live up <laughs> <Exactly>. to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> like, I can't trash talk like that guy, so why should I even try? <laughs> it's like yeah. nobody trash talk Larry Bird, you know? They're like... <laughs> exactly right <laughs> but man it looks like you're having a ton of fun out there just you know seeing you when you came through dallas uh you know playing hitting game winning shots you know with michael rapaport after the game you know doing interviews it just seems like a ton of fun is it as much fun as it seems man it's it's it's, it's, it's a, so much fun you know being back there on the court with nba players uh playing in nba arenas getting the same kind of treatment we got in the nba and you know, uh, it just feels good playing in that type of environment. Yeah, so t- today we want to uh, – we're looking back at the 2011 finals, uh, and I'm sure you have tons of fond memories about that. Uh, but what is it like to be in the NBA finals on the biggest stage at home at the AAC in Dallas and to set up, stop, and pop and hit a transition three in front of the home crowd? What does that feel like? 
It feels good, man. You know, uh, we played good that uh, that series. I played exceptional uh, that series, and we brought a trophy home and just winning basically in Miami. You know, especially with you know me playing LeBron for so many years and him beating me and to win a championship in Miami Game Six. It was just a a, a fun and a, you know a, a fun memorable situation. What is it like guarding LeBron James? It was hard. You know, he's a hell of a player, very talented, so it's always tough. But, you know, with that team and the way my mentality was, and we just had that team that um, we wasn't going to stand for anything. Yeah, no, you weren't going to take anything. And if he did, you'd probably slap him a little bit, huh? Exactly. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about your uh, your comments uh, after, I think, game three, where you said that they're great actors. Now, looking back, you know, at their careers and how they, you know, progressed since then, it seems like you're right, right? Like, you've been proven wrong after this time that, that LeBron and, and Wade are, like, really good actors and just the way they flop, and people call LeBron the flop now. Yeah, you know, at those times when you're playing against them, you, you know, you have a certain situation where you feel, you know, like they do flop. But, you know, at the end of the day, I just got to give credit to both of them. They, you know, they're going to be future Hall of Famers. But they do have a lot of uh, – they get a lot of leeway in calls. And, you know, it's kind of hard to guard them when they get in those calls too. Yeah, and, you know, they're trying to get a, an advantage. And I'm sure you're trying to get an advantage in other ways too. But uh, that just really sticks out after a while. Going back and watching it, you just see like, man, that, especially on TV, you're watching it in slow motion and you just really see it. Um yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's very tough. <laughs> so Dirk in that final series, with all that pressure, it, it builds up from 2006. You know, they lose to Miami. They're back playing the exact same team, you know, obviously with different players. But he's back all the way on that stage. Was Dirk just playing on a different level than anybody else in the world at that point? Yeah, I think he does all the time. You know, obviously he's getting older, but, you know, for a guy to do – the type of numbers that he's doing, playing on one team, when it cha- carry a team to win a championship. Um, Dirk has always been one of those phenomenal players to me. Um, he doesn't dunk like LeBron, but, you know, jump shot, um, constant, just ice in his vein, no pressure. I mean, just can't make somebody – can't make can't, – you can't run into a person like that ever again. Yeah, and just the way that he does it, it's almost he's almost mechanical, you know, like he's so he's such a tactician where just every single movement is specific and you know, when he trains with Holger they do these weird, you know, like drills where he's trying to get off balance and stuff. Did you ever try to to uh work with Dirk and try to do some of the the training and the drills that he does? <laughs> nah, you know, for me it was working on that knocking down that three. You leave those things up to Dirk. So and I think that's what made us uh great that Dallas Mavericks team. Everybody knew their position. You know, position what they brought to the team and they did it well. So I never went, like, actually did it, but I was there many a times late nights and seeing him work on that stuff. And like you said, it is amazing. And if you see that stuff, you can see why that, you know, Dirk is who he is. That team, uh, that 2011 Mavericks team, some people look back and they say that that's the last honest championship. You know, they have all these super teams now. You have the Warriors. You had that, you know, that LeBron Wade, Bosh Miami team that got put together. You know, teams like that. What would you say to people that say it was the last honest championship? Yeah, I think that we have the best team. I feel like it's not going to be another team like that running through Dallas. Obviously, I want them to have, you know, a better team than me because that's my team and I want, you know, want them to win so many championships, but we had so many different elements, so many different Hall of Famers, Jason Kidd, Jason Terry, 
so many role players that, that actually did a, their part and to beat a team, uh, a back-to-back NBA championship team with the Lakers. We swept them and then come in. Everybody was talking about, you know, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and all them. It was just supposed to run through us. To win that championship, I just think what what happened in that league, we shocked everybody. You won't be able to top that. Did you guys feel like an underdog going into that series? Not me. I'm never the underdog in whatever I do. But, you know, what everybody say, you know, like, you know, you listen to the people that, that get paid to, you know, to say those things. But, you know, we always walked in. We're very confident, and we, we took care of business. Well, I don't get paid enough to say something dumb like that, so don't worry. I won't. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you, but you're going into that series. You know you have to, you know – guard LeBron you probably you probably know at some point you're gonna have to guard Dwayne Wade do you prepare differently for a series like that than you would you know for another series it wasn't really about that it was more about being in the final I think that when you get to the finals people don't understand there's nothing you can do or go over it's time just to you know go out there and play and the finals it's not about LeBron or D-Way obviously they're great players but it's actually just coming there and showing up and be ready for you know, something that that caliber that means so much to a uh, you know an NBA team. So you're in the NBA Finals, and uh, you say the the preparation's not not a ton different. But what does Coach Carlisle say to you before Game One? What is his you know he doesn't he's not one of those guys for you know huge speeches or whatever. What does he say to you guys before Game One? Um, I can't remember because you know like so much going on. But Carlisle always had different speeches, different tactics different lineups and uh, you know he always brought people to the side and talked to him one-on-one and uh, you know everything he did that year for me you know I started the whole playoffs started the whole finals I think so came back home game four he switched me out with JJ Barrera and everybody was like what are you doing and we we ended up clicking that way he just has a a different way of coaching and a different way of doing things and uh, I think it just worked with us yeah uh, so you were brought over to Dallas in the uh, in the trade in 2010 from the Wizards, uh, and so you saw that team the year before they won the championship, and then you were obviously with that team then. Uh, what did Tyson Chandler bring to that team, you know, as far as attitude and the defensive mentality uh, in that 2011 team? I think he did the same thing I did. He brought toughness between me, him, uh, Sean Marion, and you know Jason Kidd. We we all just had this like this toughness, and you know me and Tyson Chandler always had this other type of toughness. And he was just a person that you know he he was blocking shots. He was you know uh, very uh, vocal on defense, talking, getting people spirits up, and then you know he wasn't going to take any shit. So you know all that helped us. You know with, with having a center like that, and I think. You know, Dallas never had kind of like a center like that. It had Eric Dampier and certain things, but it never had a center that would go out there and was just going to try to intimidate somebody, and that's, that's what he did. Just bringing that, that toughness and that mentality, uh, and you guys definitely inserted that into the you know starting lineup, even you know in the first game, you could tell. Um, so I just talked to Jeff Skin Wade the other day, and uh, he told me about a little bit about the championship parties, you know, afterwards, after game six. Do you remember anything about the party after game six? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> what, 
what is what's remember. what's one thing you remember from that week? Just something that sticks out to you, like a moment where you just say, "Man, just I'm... getting that shirt." I remember when I was coming back to the to the the hotel. That shirt, people thought I had that made. Actually, a fan already had it. That shirt made, and he wanted my actual, you know, jersey that I wore in the finals and we switched out and that's how I ended up getting that shirt and ever since then when people saw that shirt it was over but you know just after that we all went out we we, you know we uh did things together we went to live and you know had parties with Birdman Little Wayne it was just just, it was just something that went so fast you know to get there it took forever but as soon as you won everything went so fast after you win a championship and you're in your like in your NBA career, as you're preparing for the next year, is there sort of like a sigh of relief, or is there still this this tension and this want to win? It was a it was a sigh of relief. It was more hurting me. Not I felt like I was going to play back again with Dallas Mavericks. So when I ended up going to the worst team in the NBA, Jersey <laughs> Nets, yeah. it was that was more that was more uh, heartbreaking than anything else. So I think on my my. Uh, my standpoint, it was just fighting, you know, those things of being on a, you know, a horrible team after you win the championship. You think if you and Tyson and a couple of those guys stayed on the Mavericks, you would have repeated? Easily. Easily. That nobody could have easily, even matched yeah. you. No, easily. I mean, we won it too, too easy. I mean, you saw what we did in the playoffs. The, the, the worst matchup was the Miami Heat, and we still beat them 4-2. I mean, we, you know. Everything was like four two four zero. Pretty tough. So when you come back to Dallas, and we saw it when you played uh, in the Big Three, that you just like are so beloved here. And you, you know, when you were here, you said like this is home for me. And uh, you signed yeah. autographs for what? Did you sign autographs for two hours? It just felt like there was the line was all the way down, you know, down the concourse. Yeah, I do. But you know, every time I, I I'm in Dallas, I get so much respect, so much love. Um, I, like you said, I feel like it's home. So if I have to sign autographs for three or four hours, that's something I'll do. Um, it's something that I, you know, I get to say that I've done something for that city and that state for the first time, you know. So it's just, it's just really dope. <laughs> Definitely dope. Uh, and you also told me at the Big Three that you would abs- you absolutely believe that you could still play in the NBA. Is that true? Yeah, easily. Obviously, you know, we, we play a big three. Obviously, it's half court, but, you know, you look at the stats, averaging 16, shooting over 40-some percent for the three, 50-some from, the, you know, the field. So I definitely can do it. You know, it's just, you know, nowadays, you know, eight, uh, the agents and the owners want, you know, these 22, 21-year-old kids jumping out the gym. Yeah, they're not looking. They're not necessarily looking for the vets anymore. They're, they're everybody's all trying to go you know, young. You know, back in the day, in the old time, they were looking for vets. You know, maybe if you get on a team that's a contender, but right now, everybody loves going, you know, young, and that's that's what's going on in the NBA. Speaking of young, what do you think about uh, Dennis Smith Jr.? I think he's awesome. I think he's going to be a great player. Um, I watched watched him from a distance in the. Um, in the Vegas tournament, and, um, you know, he's going to be in a situation where you guys are, well, we are not going to be that good. So, you know, him learning before Dirk leaves, playing with Dirk and learning certain things, I think he's going to be an all-star pretty soon. Well, I think the Mavericks still have a roster spot open. So I, I if I was the GM, I would invite you back, Sean. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you so much for joining us, man. All right, thanks. All right, hope to see you in Dallas again. 
It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17 